Last Ones In podcast, where being late to the party isn't a bad thing. I, of course, am your host, Jerry Archuleta, and to the right of me, we have E. Hello. And to the right of E, we have Robbie. Hello. And to the right of Robbie, it's me again. Hi, it's your host. We're all in a big circle, if you can't tell. <laughs> a very triangular circle, but a circle nonetheless. Yes, and today Robbie is presenting the movie, and the movie that he'll be presenting to us is El Mariachi, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Honestly, I think this is actually one of his first films that actually came out to the public. Was this just not his first film? Uh, in the commentary, because it actually does have interesting commentary for this movie. Like, he made a bunch of movies, but there are a bunch of home movies that he okay, did. So, like, home it, movies it, it's don't stuff, count. Yeah, it, it was not? like... The kind of stuff that we filmed whenever we were, what, 12, 13? Like, every prolific director has, like, well, I started off making home movies. And if you're like, if you count, like, every director's home movie, then it's gonna be like, well, I made this movie about a chicken when I was seven and how the chicken got killed and I ate the chicken. So I guess that's my first IMDb credit. Yeah, I put that down. <laughs> no, that doesn't, that doesn't count El as a film. El Loco. <laughs> I knew you filmed, like, <laughs> that, that was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, this movie actually almost didn't get that from what I was told or what I heard on the commentary. I guess this movie was almost just meant for Spanish TV. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I could see it being a made for TV movie. Yeah. (laughs) I will warn you guys right now. This is like the indiest of indie movies. I've seen it before. I don't know. Jariah showed me what I would describe as the indiest of indie movies. So I don't know. So I, uh, two very different things. The indie <laughs> movies I've shown you are indie in content. The indie movie that you're about to see is indie in production. Yes. So it I've, looks very different from the movies I've shown you. I've also just seen like YouTube movies that someone just made. So yeah, think about that level. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> this is roughly about that level. Yeah. But before we really start getting into that. Yeah. Let's get into what everybody's been up to. Let's go around table from my right, of course. E. Well, what's been going on? I've been animating some. Uh, nice, nice. I got a good 15 minutes. It's a bit cheating because it's just a static shot that has a minimal animation, but. That's fine. I mean, 15 seconds. I think I said minutes, which would oh. be absurd. <laughs> okay. I was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would be the. Can you just imagine a 15 minute anim- like, co- cartoon? And it's just like. Ah. Eight frames. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A 15 second animation, just an intro for a uh, commission I'm working on. Um, nice. And then after I, I stopped working, I had this thing called motivation to work on my personal game. What's that? <laughs> my personal game? No, motivation. Uh, it's when you write for you personally. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I've, I've, I don't know what this thing you're talking about is. It's a thing that people have when they're not dead inside. Oh, that thing. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I get little like, glimpses of it every now and then before it's just crushed horribly. Yeah. Mm. yeah, surprisingly, when you have time, you have time to work on stuff you like. So oh. I was like, yeah, I've got to work off a game, and I've just been making lee- headway, leeway, steerway. I don't know what word I'm looking for. I don't even but... know what steerway is. <laughs> I don't know if that's real. <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've just been working. I'm getting like little things done, big things done. I've been doing changes that I meant to implement like... A year ago, finally. Uh, oh. <laughs> I think the best one is my bosses now actually have a health bar instead of just 10 health bar looking things, and you never know how much health the boss still has left because it's just some fraction of a tenth of its full health. <laughs> that, that sounds like an improvement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it takes the excitement out of that boss fight. Yeah. And I might be able to get 
a testable build ready in this in the upcoming weeks. Hopefully, we'll see. Nice. Awesome. I uh I hope to play that then. Yeah, maybe. We'll see if you make the cut. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> And that's mostly it cuz you know, when I have motivation for something, I'm like I'm going to lose this so quickly, so I just <laughs> go I better keep going no matter yeah. what. <laughs> I have actually I made one of the best drawings I think I've done in a long time. It got two likes on Twitter, but that's just the artist's <laughs> life. <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever done. Two people liked it. One of them I don't even know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. One of it was the person I drew it for. Oh, great. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's been my life. Very, very creative driven this this past week. Awesome. That sounds fun. <laughs> what have you been up to, Robbie? Yeah, a little bit, though. Speaking of hard work, <laughs> uh, mo- mostly just working, uh, learning a couple new things that are at work, though. Like, uh, they taught me how to run the EDM machine, which is basically... Electronic dance machine, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So I've been, you know, working on my dubstep a little bit. <laughs> the, wait, the electronic dance machine machine? Listen, I don't know what EDM means. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does mean electronic dance music, but it also means electric displacement machine. I like mine more. <laughs> I don't know. Being able to just displace electricity sounds pretty neat. That does sound cool. It's almost like Magneto. No, not Magneto. That's metal. Uh, Electro. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um... I think I liked it because it was the first time I felt like I got paid to do nothing because <laughs> these were parts that they had me cutting that had a 29 minute cycle time and a five minute measure cycle. So that night in particular, I think I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos, like watched a one hour long document vlog about why Shane Dawson sucks. Basically, oh, he does suck. Yeah. So that's fair. But uh, brought up a lot of stuff that I didn't know about him, but I won't get into that. Yeah, I did that, sucks. and then I caught up on a couple other shows. Like, I watched a show that E! talked about for a while there that ended up being a lot better than I thought it would be. The Midnight Gospel? No. Oh. Um, close enough. Oh, yeah. I, I still haven't even seen that, because I don't have it's HBO. So and Jirai has offered to be the HBO, and I'm like, yeah, I'll take it, and then I just never actually get it. <laughs> yeah. That's true. yeah. I will get on that eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you've been liking it, then? It's pretty good. It was, it was a lot better than I expected it to be. But, um... Yeah, just uh, mostly working, and apparently I'm back on having weird fever dreams. Yeah, that's what happens when you always sleep and then never sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, El, El Uriah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing random Spanish. Okay. Taking, okay. A, a, taking a very non-Spanish name and making it Spanish. <laughs> yep. How is the esteem El Numero Primero? I don't. I don't even know if what you said were actually Spanish words. Uh, they are, but no, I don't think it premio makes hostio. Okay. Um, doing fantastic. Work has sucked this week, and next week it's gonna suck again because we have a bunch of people from corporate coming in and walking around all the time. That's always nice. Me and my uh, quote unquote boss um, have been. Wait, cha- what do you mean quote unquote? I mean he's technically my boss. <laughs> Like, I don't really do what he says. <laughs> Something you want on the internet, of course. I, for, for a little while there, I thought you were going to talk about, like, that corporate responsibility of bosses, because, like, it's technically everybody above you is your boss. No. Um, <laughs> he's your boss. Thing. You just don't actually care what he says. Yeah, he's my boss. I just, I don't give a shit. <laughs> he's a cool guy. We hang out. It's great. But no, I also maybe don't exist in the system at all at work. A manager had me, like, I apparently had, like, a stack of sign-offs that I've just... Not been signing, because nobody knows what department I exist in. And so, a man dropped me up, she's like, I 
have all these things you need to sign, but I don't know what list of jobs you're on. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you the manager sign-offs, and if you could sign those, that would be great. So I sat there for like 10 minutes just signing my name on a bunch of like manager sign-offs. I think, I think they don't know I work there, really. <laughs> Like anybody. <laughs> I think you're now a manager, technically. Yeah, I think that's what that means. <laughs> are, are you like the Milton of where you work? I do often say how much I want to burn the place. Yeah. It, so, it's not. Is it because they took your stapler? I never had a stapler. Oh, they also bastards. won't give me knives, which I guess I don't blame them for that <laughs> one. But let's get on to the movie El Mariachi. So this is the movie that I'm presenting. Dry has seen it already. I have, yes. E. No, I surprisingly haven't. Yeah, so, I know, you've watched so many movies. Yeah. How have you not seen this one? All those Spanish movies I watched, this just wasn't one of them. It's crazy. <laughs> what do you think this movie is about? Okay, so there is a man, and he joins a mariachi band. In his time in the mariachi band, I'm going to say there was some weird drug deal thing that happened. And they were like, yo, we got to get rid of all these drugs. Except not that, because that's a very white way of speaking. <laughs> <laughs> While they're in Mexico, they're like, hey, dude, They're man. like, hey, paisanos, we got to get rid of these drogas. <laughs> My race is now, I don't know. <laughs> Spanish-Italian. <laughs> so doing this, they figure out a way to get all the drugs out. But, oh no, the drug cartel is following them. I'm going to say it ends with the main character being shot, because that's the only way I could think of ending that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you're weirdly close. <laughs> Hit us with that description, Robbie. All right. This is probably one of the best ones I could find without spoiling too much. El Mariachi just wants to play his guitar and carry on the family tradition. Unfortunately, the town he tries to find work in has another visitor, a killer, who carries his guns in a guitar case. The drug lord and his henchmen mistake El Mariachi for the killer and chase him around town trying to kill him and get his guitar case. There you go. That's okay. the movie, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's basically the movie. <laughs> and I'm just going to say this right now. This is probably going to be a short episode because there's not a whole lot of content in the movie. But this movie is actually a weird staple because this actually was a movie that made Robert Rodriguez's career. And, and, in, and in turn made other careers as well. It did. Yeah. But it made his career... It is also a film that is seen by a lot of film students to kind of give them pointers on how to make a movie on the cheap. And I won't say what the budget was now. I'll ask you guys about that after you've seen the movie. But I feel for the cost of this movie, like for what it was made for, it, it would be impossible to make it today for the budget that they had for that movie back then. Yeah, I would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, 500 pesos. No, that's no money. Yeah, that's like <laughs> that's like thirty five U.S. dollars. I think no, that's not even that. Like, I think that would be like two dollars, maybe. I don't think the peso conversion is that bad. I think it's pretty bad currently. I, I, it's not good. I just don't think it's two dollars. All right, Robbie, Google the peso conversion <laughs> on it. I refuse to move on until we know. Okay, that's that's fair. So fifty Mexican pesos is worth two dollars and twenty three cents. So five. That's like the soda so that's that you're drinking. Yeah, that's the soda you're drinking right now. Yeah, so like twenty bucks. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> that's what I was going for. That's so. barely a meal. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to ask. I don't know if you know. Um, how long this movie and what is it rated? So yeah, I have the movie length. It is an hour and twenty-one minutes here. 
And then it looks like it's not in any subscription services. Uh, Vudu and Prime you can do for $2.99 rental. And then YouTube and Google Play looks like it's $3.99. I don't know about the other ones. I mean, I don't know how much you can like upconvert this to like a higher standard from what it was shot on. Yeah. So I imagine like HD might even be pushing it for this one, so that might be <laughs> it, why it's so cheap. Yeah. Which we'll get into that with like some of the other fun facts, unless you want to hear it now, because there was like the whole big thing about that. If you have it, we can get it. Uh, it was more or less done on like kind of like a uh, a little handy cam that you would get in the nineties, because this movie was made in nineteen ninety two, or at least it was filmed in nineteen ninety two. Yeah. And so a handheld camera for one was something that you had to carry on your shoulder, but for two, wasn't that great of quality, even for film quality. Right. And it, but whenever it was bought by Columbia. It was converted to 35 millimeter, but going from basically VHS to 35 millimeter still isn't great. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, but also, I can tell you it's rated R. I can't exactly tell you why it's rated R because it's I'm hard to find why. I'm gonna guess drug references and gun. That's that's my guess. Close. I would say that's violence. A, I, blood. I think you can show guns in PG-13, can't you? Yep. You can show them, but I think like you can't show blood if you shoot people. I think usually. Yeah. But I think that's changing now too because I'm seeing like a lot of stuff in pg-13 that's showing a lot of violence so i don't know yeah. i think it really depends on the uh, country you're in as well yeah oh yeah, well probably. it counts in the country it also counts on like the budget of the film like bigger budget films are can get away with a lot more so like one good example is like uh decapitations are not meant are can't be shown on disney films guess what avengers got away with yeah decapitation mm-hmm. this is not the rated r podcast this is <laughs> the mariachi podcast this week i think that means watch movie now probably yeah. Let's let's go watch movie now. All right. All right. Talk to you guys in a little bit. And we are back from watching El Mariachi. E. Hi. What did you think of El Mariachi? I I think this movie's really charming. Okay. Okay. I th- <laughs> like I was just curious like if it was going to go into like just badly everything kind of like home yeah. movie feel but no it feels like it feels like they gave it like a really earnest shot and you could tell they were having a lot of fun with it no, i wouldn't say anyone like badly acted at least no one that was on screen very long yeah like i think like all the acting is honestly um it's not like oh my god they did an incredible job but like for what this thing is I feel like everybody gave it everything they could have. Yeah, yeah like it, it feels so... It just feels great to watch. I don't really know how to explain it. <laughs> it's it's kind of just a, watching a movie of a guy... A guy wrote a script and got a bunch of his friends like, yeah, I'll be in a movie with you, and yeah. just had fun with it. Uh, it feels like uh, back when I was in middle school, we actually had a class where we just recorded dumb videos and got to play in front of the whole school. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it, it feels like that kind of, but like with more money. Probably not that much more money, but with more money. <laughs> and like, it just, it feels so like just <laughs> comforting, I guess is how I'd put it. Some of it might have to do with like the aesthetic that it goes for and just like everything around it. I love how, I just love how it feels. It's, it's such, it's just fun too. Yeah, that's fair, honestly. <laughs> Cool. So, like, if you had to, would you oh, yeah. say? So, I mean, your options are pretty limited, but um, yeah, yeah. No, I'd I'd say rent. Okay. I, th- I think I think it deserves a rent. Okay. And I guess since you're presenting, Robbie, I'll go next. Okay. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I I think the movie's fine. Honestly, it's not Rodriguez's best work. 
Uh, it's no, not that even, is, of course, Spy Kids. <laughs> not every movie could be Spy Kids. Yeah, I did tell you while we were watching this that he did Spy Kids, and you're like, why? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, I think it's fun to go back and watch this after only ever having seen it maybe twice ever before, right. and then like going back to it uh, after liking his other two movies in the trilogy much more, uh, Desperado, and then Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And it's really fun to go back to this with hindsight of those and be like, oh, he just straight up like remade this movie yeah. when he had money again. So that actually is one of the fun facts is Desperado is pretty much this movie, yeah. but with an actual budget. Yeah, like they're like the bar scene specifically is the one that like stuck out to me the most. The bar scene and when he's like going down on the bus are the two almost direct things that happen, I think, from this to Desperado. Right. Uh, just because like. Even, like, the part where he has, like, the towel on his arm, like, everything. Like, it's just, he may have well just taken that same script. I'm like, here you go, Antonio Banderas. Figure it out. And, yeah, like, it kind of was, like, uh, he did make Desperado. Like, Desperado is very much a sequel to this. Like, it is a continuation of this movie. But he made the second movie as a way of saying, so this is our first movie, but with the real budget this time. So you can see what I really wanted to make. He evil deaded it. Yeah. Basically, he, he very much did. Yes. Uh, for anybody who's listening and doesn't Which, know what that would mean. Evil Dead 2 is half a sequel to Evil Dead. Yeah. Because uh, there was like a bunch of rights problems and stuff when making it. So the first half of Evil Dead 2 is literally just re-explaining what happened in Evil Dead 1. And then the second half of Evil Dead 2 is the proper sequel of Evil Dead. Uh, that's kind of what Desperado is, right? More or less. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, um, I guess to spoil the beginning of Desperado for... E, like it shows Antonio Banderas and like they him like playing at a bar and then he sees um Moko and his yeah, like yeah. main sergeant guy there and he has like a flashback to the ending of this movie. Yeah. For it. It's and, uh, yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it, it's basically paying homage to this movie saying like, "Oh yeah, like even though it's a different guy, it's the same guy from the first movie." Whoa. Remember how handsome he was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's not the same actor. Okay. That plays in the rest of the movies at all. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's fun. Out of the three, I think that uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico is definitely my favorite of the trilogy. Of course. But yeah, like, I think I think this is fine. Like you like uh, e said, fair, it, it is charming. Yeah, it, it is, like, to be fair, out of the trilogy, it is the weakest movie. Yeah, for sure. But, for sure. like, this was done on basically zero budget. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's a sign of a good director if your first movie is your weakest, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because th- it, it is one of those things where, like, each movie was progressively better than the next one. Yeah. Um, I think Rodriguez has stumbled quite a bit uh, in his career also. He's definitely had some movies that are just plain garbage and in some ways worse than this movie. And he had money behind those. Um, but he has definitely grown as like a director and a person. And you can really, I think with each consecutive movie, you can see his growth. And especially in this trilogy, you can see how much he grew up while making them. Just because they... They become more mature while still maintaining like that that air of silliness about them. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's completely fine for what it is. Um, but it is what it is. Like, yeah, there's nothing there's nothing more about it. Just about a mariachi. <laughs> That's really it. <laughs> you guys are much more forgiving of this movie than I expected. I mean, it's not like doing anything terrible. Yeah. But Jariah, if you were to suggest a buy rent stream, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's I would say it's a rent. Um. I don't think it's worth buying because everything you need to know about it, you learn in Desperado. So I don't, I don't think you really need to buy it. It's fun, but like 
I, I'm I'm probably gonna say has a whole lot like Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico cover all the same ground, but in bet but better shot for shot in a lot of ways. So it's a uh, I would say Rent if you need to like see the source and feel like if you want to know where Rodriguez like really came up from. I think that that would be interesting, and to see a movie that's shot on nothing really. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, like I said at the beginning of this, uh, this is a movie that a lot of uh, film students will watch to get an idea of like. What kind of movie can I make on a nothing budget? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Robbie? What do you think? So, obviously, I bought this movie, <laughs> like, years ago. And like I said, I bought it in a trilogy collection. And I think that's what it was, is I wanted, you know, Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And this was just included with it. Right. But I was really interested to see the first one with it. So, for, like, me personally, it was a buy. But, like, in general, like I said, it does have its charm. It's silly, like it knows what it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, never, nobody like, takes this movie super seriously when they're filming it, and like you can tell, there's like an air of fun, and like everyone just like everyone that was there to make this movie was there because they wanted to be there. Like nobody was being paid a massive budget or anything, and it wasn't sure. like taking time out of their day. Like they did this movie on their free time to help, basically help out a friend, and you can tell that like you know there was heart put into the movie. That being said, it is a very low budget, very indie. <laughs> film that is like very no budget like we could probably make like a higher production quality film today than he could it wouldn't be for with the same phones, price yeah with even. our phones basically <laughs> that being said like we'll get into the budget of that at some point in time when it comes to that but nevertheless like he's just a guy who is passionate and wanted to make a film and this movie more or less boosted his career to make better movies and that alone i would say like just out of curiosity i would say it's it is at least worth the rent i wouldn't say like it this is a movie for everyone to buy but it is at least worth seeing once. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess another thing that's another little fun fact about the whole trilogy thing is uh, he originally just wanted to make El Mariachi. And then when he had the budget, he made Desperado to say, like, this is what the movie I would have made if I had the budget for it. <laughs> and it was actually Quentin Tarantino that told him you should make a third movie because he never wanted to make Once Upon a Time in Mexico. But uh, apparently, since, you know, he's just really good friends with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. He convinced him to make a third movie as a way of um, kind of a modern day tribute to Sergio Leone's dollar trilogy. Like, you know, the fistful of dollars mm-hmm. and Unforgiven. No, 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 Yeah. Two um, fistfuls of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can uh, see a lot of Tarantino's influence on that movie as well. Yeah, on the third one. Because there's a lot of really great monologues, honestly. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I was, <laughs> I was actually a huge Robert Rodriguez fan before I found out that Quentin Tarantino even made movies. I think, yeah. like, I think, honestly, my introduction to Quentin Tarantino's movies was probably Kill Bill, which shows you, like, how many Rodriguez movies wa- movies I watched before I watched a Quentin Tarantino movie. And I see a lot of their influence, like, bouncing off of each other. Yeah, like, for sure. They, they came up together. Yeah. Like, Quentin Tarantino wouldn't really have a career if it weren't for Rodriguez. And I think, in a lot of ways, Rodriguez wouldn't have a career if it weren't for Tarantino. Like, they boosted each other up in, in a lot of big ways. And they went very different directions, I think, with their film styles yeah yeah um, i can tell but, but they, they both went like deep in studio and like had much bigger budgets and they both learned a lot through the years it's oh insane. yeah definitely it, it's insane where they came from nothing and then suddenly like when you say robert rodriguez or quentin tarantino like they're the big names now it's yeah. insane not everybody will but it is possible to come from nothing and become something yeah and i feel like robert rodriguez is very much one of those people that you can point at and say like hey he came from nothing and now look at him he's a big director and everyone knows of him. Yeah, for sure. Started from the bottom. Now he's there. Yep. Well, I'm canceling this show. Good. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
is now my podcast where we'll exclusively <laughs> talk about Ed and Eddie. All right. <laughs> All right. Dry is the only guest, and he doesn't get to watch any of it. <laughs> it's a very confusing show. <laughs> well, I guess I'll take my leave then. I guess I'll see you guys later. <laughs> um. But yeah, I say let's get on to uh, what spoilers there are to talk about. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. Because this is a no-budget film, like most of what we're going to be talking about was like some of the stuff that I found out, like listening to the director's commentary, which I guess one little thing for if we're going to get into the spoilers now that I can say is uh, if you are interested in like getting some tips and tricks for making a no-budget movie, just listening to the director's commentary for this film is probably a good thing to do because he goes through a lot of like the tips and tricks that he did in order to make this movie on such a low budget. So, I mean, if you if you want that, then I would say it's probably worth a buy for the commentary then, right? Yeah, because um, he has the commentary throughout the entire movie and then he has like a little he calls it a 10 minute film class wherever he <laughs> talks about some of the tips that, that he did to make the movie cheaper, but it's actually 14 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. Yeah. Well, let's uh. Take a small little break here and then uh, come back for the spoilers. All right. All right. Into the spoilers. Let's get into it. So I guess a really quick synopsis of this film from start to finish. It's about a mariachi comes to this town that he feels is going to be good luck for him. He goes around looking for work being a mariachi, but also around the same exact time, there's a man who made a business or who made a business in prison, but is looking to get his pay from his ex-partner who stiffed him and decided he's going to go in there and kill him while disguised as a mariachi. And they get the two men confused, and or they, they get the two men confused because the only person who knows what the ki- actual killer looks like is the main bad guy in this film. <laughs> yeah. And so all the henchmen get these two guys confused, and it causes just some quirky little scenes. That's basically what it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, isn't that quirky? And they're just kind of passing by each other all the time. Right. And then it kind of boils down to the point where after they get each other confused they realize who's who at the end of it but the actual killer finally meets up with his uh our, oh i should say that the mariachi is starting to fall for this bar, bar owner i wouldn't say that's that important it's, <laughs> it's not it's pretty it, throwaway but it's throwaway but it's there yeah but it kind of plays into the very last scene of the movie because the yeah. actual killer uses her to get to the main bad guy and brings him to Oh, yeah, brings the girl to his place and like uses her as a human shield saying like, I'll kill her if you uh, don't give me my money. And then the guy showing how evil he is kills her and then kills him anyways. And the mariachi comes and sees this woman that he was falling for dead on the ground. And in order to teach the mariachi a lesson, our lesson, he shoots the mariachi in the hand. And then the mariachi in pain and in anger grabs a gun that's on the ground and then shoots the main mob boss to death. I guess. And then all of his, because he treated his henchmen so badly, the henchmen are just kind of like, eh, whatever. And then like, just walk away from it. And he has to live this new lifestyle where now he just has a A guitar case full of guns, (laughs) a pit bull and a motorcycle. Which which I just want to say, um, I feel like when they were making John wick, they took the actual mariachi. That's the killer in this. And then like the ending of this movie. And we're like, what if we make, all of this movie, the first five minutes of John Wick. <laughs> and then th- that, that's how we got John Wick. I feel like I feel like there must be some sort of inspiration from this movie for John Wick. I've not looked into it at all. But in Maybe, my head, like, it makes as, sense. Yeah, it, it kind of does make sense. But there are just like, you know, there's always, you know, it's just certain tropes. Because with John Wick, it's just like they took a sad man who just happens to be highly trained and then gave him a reason to kill again. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's more like you could actually probably even use like the Punisher even as like a that's could yeah. have been an inspiration for John Wick films, too, or, you know, anything wherever like, you know, there's a tragic backstory of a man who's like looking for revenge. Yeah, that's true. But I could see where there was like a little bit of inspiration from this film, too. But I think with the John Wick films, they just they just wanted a man that had a, that needed a reason to just kill a, a bunch <laughs> of men. Yeah. Also, this clever. I, I haven't seen the first John Wick and I don't like the second one, so I'm. <laughs> showing you the second John Wick first is just a horrible mistake yeah. <laughs> I wish that you didn't go to see that <laughs> I'm surprised I did me too cause not your type of movie I, at all it's, it's not like I look up movies anyways especially but. like just going into that without having like any context of what like it, it literally picks up like days after the first movie yeah the only context is there's a line where he's like he they killed everyone for, for a puppy yeah, which is like the joke about it, but like it's deeper than that. Actually, it yeah, is that, deeper than I that. I assume the like, dog probably symbolizes a lost love and all yeah, that. Yeah, yada, yeah. Yada. You actually got that like right on the nose. Yeah, it's. I've seen enough movies where I can kind of tell where they go with certain things, <laughs> but like it just feels a lot deeper than <laughs> yeah, what I, the sequels later give it. Yeah. To be fair, though, do you think I would have that? Because I don't have a connection to holes for that. I don't know. You like puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to the mariachi, and let's yeah. go with the dog. I love the dog in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the, great. The lazy pit bull that, like, careful, I have a pit bull. He may attack you, and the pit bull just never gets up off the that's floor. What, I think that's why I love it so They actually are, like, because people always use the pit bull for, like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. yeah. But, like, this movie's like, yeah, pit bulls are dogs. Like, they're just super nice, actually. They're yeah. super nice dogs. Because, like, and, yeah, this pit bull, like, apparently they wrote that into the film because this pit bull in real life just happened to be a really nice pit bull, and, like, <laughs> Another little, like, non-little sequitur thing was, like, that first scene with the coconut, wherever, like, he goes and gets a coconut with a straw. Yeah. And it, uh, apparently, they wrote that in there of, like, oh, this must be good luck, because he gave me a free coconut right outside the city. Apparently, there was just, like, a traveling band of people who sell coconuts that just happened to be there, so they just <laughs> happened to film him getting a coconut. But they forgot to film him paying for the coconut. <laughs> yes, I so, noticed that. So they just are. So instead of refilming him paying for it because they had a limited amount of film that they could actually use for this movie, he just went ahead and like put into the narration of it like, oh, they gave him free coconut. Yeah, that that's perfect. Actually, yeah. that's kind of great. <laughs> it's very Rodriguez to do that. But uh, also, since I keep talking about this, I guess I, I think I may have told you already, Drya, but I'll have E guess. What do you think the budget for this movie was? Told you five hundred pesos. No, I'm an actual <laughs> guess. Um, twenty thousand pesos. I don't know. You want me to give an American dollar guess? Yeah, an American. Give an okay. American dollar guess. Something uh, you know. <laughs> five thousand. You're pretty close, actually. The budget for this movie was seven thousand dollars. That was pretty close. However, uh, whenever you listen to the our uh, commentary about this, he says like people like there are film students that will watch this movie. And say, like, it's just to see, like, what a $7,000 movie looks like. And he feels like that's a joke because a large amount of that budget was actually for, like, the processing and taping over to 35 millimeter for Columbia Films. <laughs> like, a large majority of it. Whenever you take that, like, the actual, like, them converting the film over and processing it and everything, when you take that part out of the budget, he said that uh, the budget for this movie was closer to $600. Nice. So, so my original guess was technically closer. Yes, yeah, yes. yes, it was. <laughs> like, I feel like the setup we have for this podcast costs more money than that. Uh, I feel like the probably. like legitimately the phone that I'm holding in my hand right now costs more money than that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it also can record better. Yeah, it it can. I will give you that. In 1992, that would be a different story. But we put a wide angle lens on that phone, Robbie. Boom, we got a movie. <laughs> 
actually, in 1992, that probably would, in fact, still record better if you brought it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they, there's a lot of really weird things that I never knew about this movie that they did for the sake of, like, just spending the least amount of money as possible. Super frugal. Yeah, they were super, super frugal. Like, uh, a lot of the dolly shots that they have on there, they never had a dolly for this film. They actually borrowed a wheelchair from a local hospital. Yes. And he was just sitting in a wheelchair and someone was pushing him for doing like those shots wherever he was moving across somewhere. Could you imagine now trying to ask a hospital to borrow a wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, apparently they were a little bit pissy about it because they would say like, okay, like you can borrow the wheelchair, but we're going to need it back by this hour because we need people who actually need a wheelchair. Yes, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I probably would have just went with like a wagon personally. Yeah, just like borrow a wagon from like a local yeah. farmer, honestly. Like yeah. they... Does the hospital get credited in the credits? I think they do. Uh, another reason, because Drya or also pointed out in the credits, they thanked the uh, local police department there. And there's a lot of reasons why. For one, that prison scene at the beginning of the movie, wherever you see Azul uh, just like talking on his phone that he carries like a briefcase. Yeah. Um, that was an actual prison that they filmed that in. And the two guards that were outside uh, during that were actual prison guards that like they just asked like, hey, do you want to be in a movie? And so wait, what? Were they actual prisoners? No. Okay. Uh, so yeah, what did they do with the actual prisoners? So the actual prisoners, they actually just had them go out into the yard while they were filming inside the prison. <laughs> hey guys, or, um, they can would you either just, like, wait outside and like come back in like fifteen minutes. Field well, day. <laughs> well, they did that originally. They just moved all the prisoners to one cell, but they got too rowdy around that yeah. time. <laughs> but around the time that they did that, there was one prisoner that tried to escape, and he actually apparently like he just took made a run for it, and they found him like an hour later in town. He didn't, he didn't go, even he didn't try that hard. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, they won't notice me in the town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, besides that, like, um, the main character of this movie, the El Mariachi, or his real name, Carlos, uh, he, like, that, they filmed it in the town that he grew up in. So, like, his house was, like, maybe a block or two away from where they were filming. That's and insane. About and his 90 mother fed all of the crew. <laughs> I'm, another funny thing about that, since it was mostly, like, just friends and, like, people around town, like, they just asked, like, hey, do you want to be in a movie? What they did is they just did it around those people's free time, so that way it wouldn't, like, get in the way of them. And he was saying, like, to avoid having to feed them for being on set all day long, he would just, like, do it, like, one or two hours at a time. Like, he would film after they had breakfast and, like, send them home for a couple hours, and they'd have lunch, and then he'd bring them back uh, between the hours of lunch and dinner, basically, and have them film for a couple more hours. And I mean, at least, um, at least he gave them that. Yeah, like, he, he did that. And, like, <laughs> a lot of the side characters that were just people around town that, like, he ate, like, that were just like, yeah, sure, I'll be in your movie. That he, I, from what I was told, he didn't pay a lot of them either. They were just people that wanted to be in a movie. Yeah, I mean, like, because uh, it was just something they can point out to their friends and like, yeah, I'm in this movie. Check it out. Yeah, of course. Like, I would take that opportunity too. But yeah, like, I would take. It must money. be so frustrating. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be so frustrating for to be Rodriguez now coming and be like from like when I started, I didn't have to pay anybody, and like now he has to deal with unions everywhere. Yeah. And, like, just he has to like work around everybody else's schedule. That must be. I mean, apparently he's still known for being super frugal on his budgets, but like it's one of those he'll like if he doesn't have to pay for something, he won't. But you know, he does have to still deal with unions and actual actors and well, like, yes. paying them for being on set for thirteen <laughs> hours so, at a time. He makes a lot more money now. I feel like he should, in fact, have to pay. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, you are very right. Like, don't call, get me wrong. call me crazy. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But That's yeah, a lot of this was just like, hey, do you want to be in a movie? Like, yeah, I can point this out to my friends. Like, check it out. I'm in this movie. 
yeah kind of like, thing and like yeah like i don't buy this because this one does really have that like home movie feel and like yeah. definitely it was his start of course so he didn't i imagine he didn't have money yeah to like pay these people he just straight up told people like i don't have money for this like so if I, I can borrow it that's cool if not i'll just go somewhere else or find a way around it and a lot of this movie was him finding a way around things too like uh one good example is the camera that he used didn't have a microphone on it so all this is a silent film basically and what he did is he would have them say their lines and then he would later just record them on a tape player that had a Radio Shack mic on it to and like have them speak their lines and like do sound effects and stuff like that with it. So, wow, that's actually wait. So like all the dialogue is post? all the dialogue, all the dialogue is post, all the sound effects is post and all the music is post. That is insane. He sunk that up so well, then yeah. actually. So and that's an- another thing. If you go back and watch this movie again. There's a lot of times wherever like he does a lot of weird cuts between people. That's why. That's why because the sync because <laughs> it didn't sync up quite right. So if it didn't sync up quite right, he cut it to show something else. Like that's so. Yeah. I was gonna ask actually because uh, I was gonna ask for the music specifically because that I think doesn't sync up very well. It's funny that you say that too. Uh, let me find that in my notes. <laughs> I'm wrong, and they actually. No, no, no got, you're right. They, they had um, a camera. <laughs> I'm probably gonna say his name wrong, but. I remember uh, it was like Juan, Juan Suarez, I think was what his name was. That sounds about which right. Which was a local exterminator in the town <laughs> that just happened to be a side musician. Like, he just did music on the side for fun. What? Yeah, he did the both of the original songs for this movie. That's a good oh. voice. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about that, too, his voice was actually a lot deeper than the main actor's voice. <laughs> so they just, hit, or they just uh, pitched it up two notches on the tape recorder. <laughs> so it was closer to the actual actor's voice. Because the guy who plays El Mariachi in this... Cannot sing and cannot play guitar. So they huh. just videotaped the guy who could do that. Like, there's, like, actual videotape footage of, like, Rob Rodriguez just holding a microphone up to the guy while he played guitar and sang. <laughs> and um, Carlos would just watch that and try to imitate it the best that he could. And so, like, that bathtub scene, for example, uh, the reason why it cuts so much back and forth between them is if it didn't sync up right or if he, like, kind of messed up something on the guitar with his voice and... Either it was audio or it just didn't work out for whatever reason. It would cut back to her or cut to the dog. I, I think us being guitar players can notice when he's right. not doing it. Yeah, because like, if you look at his hands, he's not playing anything. Yeah, I was like, like that's, he's, that's almost an E chord. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah. quite, but almost. But that's someone who just didn't know how to play guitar when they made this movie. I'm still so impressed by the lip syncing. Yeah, he did yeah, a really good, good job with that. Like, there's some scenes like. If I didn't tell you that, you wouldn't know. But like every now movie. and then, yeah, other than the songs. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's one of those like you have to be looking for it, and unless you're one of those people who like goes frame by frame of a movie to nitpick about it, you're not going to notice it. That's just so insanely impressive because there's like a ton of Italian movies that came around at the same time that did the same thing and were shit. Yeah, but like he made the audio sound like it was coming from the scene. That's insane. Yeah, but yeah, and it was one of those things because it wasn't even like he held up the microphone while they were filming. Right. It was. He filmed it and then had them do their lines afterwards. Yeah, like that. I don't know. That's just insanely yeah. impressive. It really shows how much of like a cra- an artsman. Yeah. Art- yeah. And a lot is. of the stuff behind the scenes was done by Rob Rodriguez. Like he wrote the film. He directed it. He produced it. Did the photography for it. He did the videotaping for it. And he did the editing for it. That's insane. Like yeah. we're only audio and I have a hard time singing up audio sometimes. Like <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like uh, the $600 budget that I mentioned earlier before because it had such a tight budget most of that went towards a certain ad our actress he didn't say which actress just an actress the lights that he used which the funny thing is is he didn't have professional lights he actually used like all the lighting is either natural lighting 
or come from two work lights that like you clamp to a desk with a uh, like a soft light diffuser on it that had like 250 bulb or 250 watt bulbs that were meant for film. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Like, cause so I'd say it this was, looks really good, even like by today's standards. Yeah, like if there's like shorts that don't look this good, I would say, <laughs> like that probably have a bigger budget. Yeah, like there's a the director of Lights Out, um, and many other movies now at this point. Lights Out, Annabelle, uh, Creation, I think it is, uh, Shazam. Like he started off doing shorts on YouTube, and like every short that he would make, and like even his Hollywood films, he he gets all of the stuff for like behind the scenes somehow WB yeah. just like, I don't know here, do whatever you want with it, I guess. And he just makes YouTube videos about like what he did in the shots. And he goes in depth about the things that you would never think about. Like for one of his shorts, he goes in depth about like, yeah, for this scene, I didn't have the right lighting that I wanted. So I bought a cheap $10 Ikea lamp mm-hmm. and I took everything out of it. And I just put another led light in there. And I got some pretty nice soft light. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, like the lighting that he got for this, like a good example is um, like when you see the mariachi in the bar and like half of his face is dark and the other half has light on it. That's one of those work lights that he's just like barely holding out of frame with a little soft diffuser on it. <laughs> that's so that's and amazing. it worked. It worked really yeah, well. Yeah, that or like uh, something that you don't notice, but you just kind of see it a little bit is like whenever it shows like the bad guys at the bar, he replaces the bulb with a red one. So it has like kind of like a <laughs> red glow on them showing that they're the bad guys. So like just little things like that, but yeah, most of that six hundred dollars was for the actress, lights, some squibs, fake blood, condoms, and pretty much everything. Like almost everything else was either borrowed or they already had. Hey, you want to give the fun fact about the condoms? So that's yeah, that was one thing. So one thing, yeah. So one thing that I told you guys about this is like you know the little squibs are they're basically like little detonation parts of you know whenever they shoot someone, so it looks like they actually got shot. Right. And they just put a condom full of fake blood, which was like, you know, cornstarch with some red food color yeah, in yeah. it. And, corn um, syrup? No, no cornstarch. Corn corn yeah. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny thing is, is like, there's another scene, like whenever they're shooting at him and like there's dust flying off of the, like those are condoms filled with dirt, apparently. <laughs> he just had to put the squibs on them. So I had like a little explosion effect, but. That's just insane that yeah. that was like the best thing you could think. I was like, I could get water balloons or. Maybe condoms <laughs> were just stupid cheap in the 90s. Maybe. Yeah. Also, they are very strong. So, but uh, yeah, it was the squibs, which, like I said, it's just like a little detonation charge on the end of like a ba- uh, a little D cell battery, is what he was saying. <laughs> and uh, what they did is they actually got like a weightlifting belt, so that way they didn't like feel the explosion on them underneath their shirt. <laughs> then he put the squibs on top of that with a condom full of blood, and then for the scene whenever they were shooting it, it would explode out. And there's a couple scenes if you look really closely because they pointed out like there was some yellow pulling pointing out of their shirt right that's just a ripped condom for that was holding the blood that was like just coming out of their shirt but once again like since another big part of the budget was actually you know the film that he actually filmed this movie on which is fucking expensive it is fucking expensive and he didn't even like it was later on pressed onto 35 millimeter or transferred to 35 millimeter and that's where a large majority of this budget went towards but even the film itself he had i think he said he had like 25 spools of film to film this entire movie on so a lot of things were done in one take yeah, that's fucking nothing. Yeah. And um, which is why you see like a lot of weird shots that are slowed down and other ones that are sped up is because part of it, like another thing, because I told you guys I would explain this to you, too, is like there's a beginning scene wherever he walks into a bar, gets a soda, says, you know, like, hey, I'm a mariachi. You know, I play mostly for tips. I'm just looking for steady work here. Do you think I could work at your bar? I can guarantee you some more customers if they hear my music. And he's like, 
why would I hire just one mariachi when I have an entire band and it's just some dude sitting in the corner with a uh, sombrero hat on and like not even like a real sombrero, just like a a party hat that you get at like a costume yeah. store. Yeah. And he has a keyboard there. Fun little fact about him. The only reason he's in the movie is because they were looking around town for someone who owned a keyboard and it was that guy. <laughs> and so they're like, hey, do you want to do a movie? He's like, yeah, sure. It's like, yeah, you just have to pretend like you're playing the piano. But I guess he was actually like at the end of a roll of film for that one. So he changed it. The, he changed it from 24 frames a second to 16 frames a second <laughs> to for, for that scene because he was almost out of film while he was doing that. And huh. so that was his way of preserving film, but also showing like this is meant to be silly. I mean, it works for the comedic. Like it is if any of you have like watched a YouTube video where it's just weirdly sped up at parts. It works a lot of times. It like has this weird timing to it that yeah. just makes it inherently a little funnier yeah and that's and that's what the scene has while it just has like the keyboard player just has like this giant fucking smirk on his face yeah well you just hear like the most random sounds coming out of this keyboard like <laughs> yeah. there's like this weird default demo sound with like a yeah 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 it's awful and fantastic yeah <laughs> it's one of those it's so awful it is fantastic moments but it's one of those like it just worked out well another thing that he did or uh, which you guys may have like didn't notice it maybe at first is like uh, or you notice it and just didn't care but like at the beginning whenever he's walking out of prison and like the guard goes to stop him really quick and he just like throws down some money mm-hmm. and the guard just sits back down because they got paid yeah um originally for that scene like in the script it was he was supposed to like shoot his way out of prison and then he was gonna have both uh you know the bad guys and the cops after him at the same time trying to get find out who this person was that escaped out of jail but they didn't have the budget for that, so I figured for a little comedy moment, he was just going to pay off the guard. So <laughs> I, th- I was, I that makes sense. I thought he was going to shoot her originally. That seems like it was go- what it's going for, but yeah. But to save money, like that's what they did is just did that scene instead. Like this entire movie is taking like how to make an indie film and like all the advice that everybody gets from like making an indie film and like actually putting it into practice is like you don't write the script that you want and then try and find everything around it. You find everything you have around you and write your script around that. Yeah. So, like, if you have four rooms, write a script where you only need four rooms. Yeah. yeah don't. <laughs> and that's that's part of what it was, which he did have an original script, but it was one of those, like, you know, there's certain things that did work and didn't work. Like, yeah. a good example is, like, the reason why the dream sequences in this movie are where they're at is because they just happen to find, or they happen to find a building where it, apparently there was some explosion on the inside and all that was left was that door. That's amazing. It doesn't so, even do anything for the movie. Yes. Yeah. But they just saw that and they're like, you know what? We need this for the dream sequence. It was just, they just happenstance happened to find it. And like, this is perfect for the movie. Okay. Talk about the dream sequence for a bit. So yeah, they're weird. There's, there's a couple Um, of the main thing that happens in the dream sequence is there's a child. I assume supposed to be the main character when he was a child. It's not explained. Yeah. I don't know about that one either. I assume so I, that was the case too, but. I, do I don't know? think it, it so from my understanding it's basically just kind of a it's meant to be a foreshadowing of where his life is going towards of how like he's trying to have this life of peace but it's going to just end in violence like a loss of innocence kind of thing kind of yeah because yeah, so, that's like, kind of more or less what this movie is it's just yeah a loss of innocence yeah. so the child like is playing with the basketball and then rolls it to the mariachi and it just turns into a bad oh yeah like head. A, like not even a mannequin head it looks like they got a ball and deflated it and put a bunch of play-doh on it like that's almost what it looks like yeah it's like a rubber mask you would get at a dollar store like like a maybe like a peso store 
<laughs> one yeah. peso. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really bad looking mask. Yeah. So, like, they're so weird and out of place. And hearing that is amazing because that's something I would do if I made a movie. It's just be like, oh, fuck, look, there's just a door. Let's still record shit. Yeah. But, like, you know, an exploded building where there's nothing but one door left there. And, like I said, like, taking something as innocent as a basketball and then turning it into a severed head was, like, yeah, kind of meant to show, like, him wanting, like, a simple, innocent life as a mariachi and then it spiraling out of control and turning into a life of violence and crime. Like, that's kind of, it was meant to be foreshadowing for that. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, in hindsight makes more sense. But I was I was on E's thing of like thinking this is like flashbacks to when he was a kid and he yeah, like lost his like parents he, or something. Yeah, I yeah. thought he like lost his dad. Well, because it says he lost his dad. Like yeah, his dad yeah. died with his guitar. Yeah. And he doesn't get that luxury, unfortunately. <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> the whole narrative structure going circular, however you're supposed to say that smartly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever a film critic would say. The cyclical nature yes. of the screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> indubitably because like that's one of the first lines he where he's like my grandfather and my father were both mariachis and died with their guitar in their hands and i want to do the same yeah but he is unfortunate in life as he has learned and he doesn't get that luxury yeah Yeah. quote unquote luxury that's not very (laughs) i mean how it also ends is him saying i went to the town that i thought would bring me luck but brought me nothing but or brought me nothing but despair yeah which is also another thing, like, I feel like Rodriguez probably put that in, because he's like, well, I put the fucking coconut thing in, so I gotta bring it back to the luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, also, I like how he just stole the dog, too. Fuck it, what, the, what else? I mean, the dog happen? doesn't have an owner, of yeah. course, yeah. now, so. But, like, I feel like this entire movie is just such a perfect exercise on, like, needing to be flexible when you're making a film. Yeah, it, it definitely is. This is one of those working on the fly and working with what is given to you. Because, like, it sounds like he went into this... Almost like the same way we went into this podcast is like, we're going to make a podcast and we're going to figure it out once we start doing it. Yeah. And like, it seemed like he had an idea for a movie he wanted to make. And he was like, like 10 minutes and he's like, well, fucking none of this is going to work. All right, what can I do? Yeah, <laughs> and I like, think he it's... still just did it because that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, I think some of it is he had like a rough idea of what he wanted to do. Like, this is what he wanted of like a man who just wanted to be a mariachi and then like his life spirals out of control and yeah. goes into a life of violence kind of thing. But like making just a low budget action film throughout the way of it and it's one of those like he had to be flexible with what he had and like he had an idea like you can tell like there's very much a script there right but there's also times that they're flexible around said script yeah and i don't know it's nice to like see rodriguez films now um because you can still see like a lot of the influence like he didn't stop being like that weird dude that does weird b movies yeah he just kept doing that but did them with a budget right um weird b movies with a budget now yeah, like, because I mean, that how you described Spielberg last week, too. Yeah, like, it, it's Spiel, except for Spielberg went like way studio. Yeah. I don't even know. He's a fucking anomaly at this point in my right. mind. <laughs> um, Rodriguez kept that feeling his entire life, is what you're saying, though. Yeah, like, even films that he, like, his last biggest film, Alito Battle Angel, he directed that, by the way. Yeah. Um, with money from Japan. No. <laughs> James Cameron. Yes. Um, Avatar. <laughs> he did Avatar too, yeah. James Cameron. Um, but yeah, James Cameron gave Rodriguez the money for Alita, and they fought to make that movie for years and years and years together. Hmm. And honestly, that's the most fucking anime ass movie I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. That's well, it is Japanese property. Yeah, yeah, but like 
he it felt like he was so true to that and then it still had that weird rodriguez flair every now and again to where things are just really really silly well that kind of surprised because like from what little i've seen of rodriguez which mm-hmm. i think is maybe five movies he really has like a mexican kind of yeah yeah style to it so it seems kind of interesting that james cameron would go to him to make a japanese right. adaptation and james cameron I, i'm gonna just assume here he seems pretty white Oh, he is the whitest motherfucker in the yeah. world. <laughs> so, that is insane that you could say that it's the Japanese-est movie, because it is a white-ass white person and a Mexican yeah. <laughs> creating a Japanese movie, which sounds like a terrible idea, but apparently it worked. Yeah, like, maybe we'll have to watch that sometime for the podcast, or maybe just in general. Yeah, like Cameron put a lot of faith in Rodriguez. He, was ba- he basically was like, here's a ton of money. I need you to get a bunch of CGI artists together and create technology. So I can later use it, which is basically what Cameron does. He gets other people, gives them money, makes them create technology, and then he uses yeah. it for himself. Um, I mean, another thing with James Cameron, too, is he's very well known for just spending a stupid amount of money on a movie and then making a profit off of it. Yeah, and he creates tons of technologies for stuff, um, which is basically what Alita was. Like, all the CGI for Alita looks really, really, really good um, to the point to where I hate it sometimes. <laughs> Because it looks like anime. It's the closest thing to watching an anime besides watching an anime, I feel. Um, Just like her eyes, even. Yeah, like that, that was the, that's what James Cameron wanted. He wanted the eye beginning. He paid for that. (laughs) That was it. Avatar 2 is actually going to be anime in real life. (laughs) But like, maybe. Um, But like, it's just so insane because like, I feel like having Rodriguez do that movie is almost genius. Because you do have this, like, very foreign perspective on things still, um, but coming at it from, like, a different foreign place. So, like, you kind of get his, like, what kind of Rodriguez is known for, like, making something shiny but dirty. Um, Like, it just feels like it's maybe, like, a little dusty, everything. (laughs) And you get that feeling, but then, like, everything is so shiny and flourishy, like how anime is with everything. And it honestly just works. Like, I don't love that movie, but they fucking did that. That that makes me happy, because, like, one of my biggest gripes with Hollywood is not having faith in your source material. And it sounds like Rodriguez actually had a lot of faith in what he was going with to keep it so Japanese. Because, like, you know, there's a trend with America where we fuck up Japanese <laughs> media, uh, like That's Dragon fair. Ball Evolution yeah. and uh, Fist of the North Star and all those. But It's actually kind of weird, because then I think about, like, the other Mexican director that really, I think, was fairly great when it came to... Uh, Japanese material, uh, Guillermo del Toro, and when he did P- Pacific Rim, like he was pretty faithful to the Jaeger like storylines yeah. and like get in the robot type stuff. Yeah, like I, it's kind of weird that two Mexican men have done anime better than anybody else in uh, American cinema. There is a weird stereotype of like Mexicans just loving anime. That's true, actually. Now that you mention that, <laughs> which I mean, I I fit that stereotype, so I can't really. Well, I'm not, I mean, I, I kind I, of I'm do not too. That Mexican, but. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that's that's funny. Now that that has been brought up, that hits yeah. my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one other thing I was gonna say is a little fun fact, because uh, I started to say it and then I fell off the subject of how he thanked the police department for once again using the real jail. Yep, yep. Right, let's get uh, back to the very beginning of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing that he did was, uh, or that the police department did is, they asked if they can just borrow guns. <laughs> what? Yeah, so a lot of those scenes, those are real guns. What? Yeah. Not loaded, I assume. They loaded them with blanks. Okay. But that actually well, also still... made another thing that was actually hard for him to do, is a blank will automatically jam inside of a real gun. So like the prop guns that they make are oh. meant for blanks. 
those guns being real, like since they're machine guns, they would literally load one blank in there and shoot one round and it would just jam automatically. Is that why you get a second of a flash and then yeah. it cuts? Yeah, that is exactly <laughs> why. He would actually film it at three different angles of them shooting just one round. So you get that machine gun effect. That's... And then it would just like cut to the, the person with the squibs exploding on them. That is ingenious and it's so stupid. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of it kind of falls under it's so stupid, but it's only stupid if it doesn't work. Right, and it yeah. works. But without me telling you that, you never would have noticed it because nope, he was yeah. just that good at editing it out. But yeah, like they would literally just shoot a blank, have to unjam the gun, and then load another blank in and then shoot another round. That was every single time they shot one of the machine guns. Also, what was that police department thinking? <laughs> I mean, they didn't have any criminal records, I assume. Yeah, probably. I assume. Yeah. <laughs> That's just like crazy. It's like, hey, can we just like borrow your guns? Yeah, it's like, hey, do you guys have some guns we could borrow? We're just going to put blanks in them. So They're that like, way oh, we yeah, these are last these year's scenes. models. So. <laughs> well, I don't see how this can go wrong. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, certain insane things like that because they didn't have money to rent out prop guns. Yeah. So they just used real guns and like just jammed the shit out of them with blanks. I mean, you and, do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. And that, like, it's reasons like that why I say, like, I feel like it would be impossible to make this movie today for so many reasons. And that was one of them. Well, yeah. <laughs> that just reminds me of when I was in middle school recording dumb videos and we had a metal BB gun. And <laughs> since it was metal BB, this was before you had to make them not look like real guns. Oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we would always like we would like so you pump it and you don't have anything in it, obviously, because we're not going to shoot metal BBs at each other. Right. Well, I mean, you you could, but like, so we'd like run a, we'd like have videos of us holding these, like this rifle ass looking gun. And then like, you would shoot it. <laughs> it was great. And hear like the actual click of, uh, of the firing pin of the BB. And then yeah. just like cut over to someone that's laying down going, Bleh. no, we would do. <laughs> I still have the videos on my YouTube. I, I would show love you to see you guys. <laughs> but yeah, don't bother looking. You won't find it. But yeah, I'll show you guys after. Sure. But yeah, uh, that was one thing I found super interesting that he got away with. I don't know, like, that guy must be super persuasive to get away to do something like that. He's gotta be so charismatic, yeah. right? I would assume so. Once you beat him in life, he's like, oh, hello. Hello, my name is Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, this is... Yeah, like, mm, okay. <laughs> he just got away with borrowing so many things. Like, a good example is, like, that scene with the bus. Uh, the most expensive thing in that scene is probably the uh, the pulley that they had made for that and the cable. <laughs> Because, like, if you look like he does that whole thing with the mace and, like, how he's going to swing down on the mace. And if right. you look at the cut afterwards, he's swinging on, like, an actual, um, on an, yeah, an actual pulley, <laughs> which they had an actual blacksmith in town make that for them. What? Yeah. <laughs> you want to guess how much they paid for that pulley? A dollar? Three hundred dollars. Somewhere between that number. Twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what? Yeah, that, had a custom made for twelve bucks. What did they give that blacksmith? Twelve American dollars. He just did it for twelve dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, so I don't like we keep. This does seem like a small town. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so like, like so. And another thing about that that I guess a lot of people say is like they asked him how much money he spent in gas because it looked like the way that he films it, it looks like he you know there's a lot of scenes where they're running and everything and like they're yeah. going back and forth in town. Apparently, all that was done in a two block radius. Nice. Huh. I would say and, also it looks like most of the cars are parked even when they're quote unquote moving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and that's what it is, is he just had them like running up and down the same street and he would just film them running down that same street. <laughs> so I don't know if you know anything about this. Maybe I'm just asking a question into the wind here. How did he get the person playing Mr. Mariachi? I forget his name. 
um, Carlos. Carlos. Yeah. How did he get him to actually swing down there and then hit a bus? Because uh, he straight up hits that bus. Yeah, that was straight up the, like, because he didn't have money for stunt doubles. That was straight up just him going down that pulley. I think he just, like, asked him if he was okay with things. Like, yeah, I'm cool with it. Because, <laughs> like, the reason why he's the main character is because uh, they were best friends. Like, they made movies together before he became an actual famous producer like insane so yeah he just like like hey like hey like you just got to swing down on this into a bus like and they had a guy who just had a bus like hey like yeah i'll (laughs) I'll let you lend it for this i'll lend it to you for the scene so that way you can have him swing onto this but or onto a moving bus basically hey can you hit my friend with your bus yeah more or less (laughs) pretty much what they did and they got away with it and like as far as i know like that was done on like three takes because like you know there's the one of him actually swinging and then like the one of him uh the bus driving and then like the one where he's on the hood of the bus mm-hmm. and i guess on the hood when he was on the hood of the bus he was just like on the roof of the bus and just like fell onto the <laughs> the hood of it but like even when he's jumping off of that bus and he like jumps onto the side like there's a truck that in front of him he jumps onto the side of the truck and then off i was like how did he not fall and break a leg like he just nonchalantly just jumps onto the side of that truck and then off of it like Rodriguez is so lucky he didn't like lose his entire production right there. Yeah, because if he lost, like if he lost him, he lost his main character and he lost his movie. Yeah, like it's so insane. Yeah. Like everything lined up so perfectly. Exactly. For this, movie. this really is just adults made a movie you would make in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this really is. But yeah, like he got super lucky with that, and I think part of it is because the bus drive was maybe going ten miles an hour. Because like one thing, if like I remember seeing or. He, are hearing him say it in the commentary and I didn't notice it until after he said it. Uh, whenever the bus hit him, like his boot actually hit the window of the, and it broke. Yeah. And it broke. Yeah. So yeah, he, he like the actor actually broke that window, but I guess the owner of that bus was like so happy with that take and happy that like, he got to be part of the movie and like he had so much fun (laughs) that day that he was okay with it. So they didn't have to pay for a new window. It's just like an entire town. It's like, remember when we were all in that movie? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like probably just have that movie like hung instead of a flag. It's just, I wouldn't doubt it, especially with the cult following of this movie. Now I wouldn't doubt it. You know what? Kind of like this entire movie is a you solution. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This, this really does feel like a movie. I would have recorded with my friends in middle school and high school. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of those, like, just the circumstances of them filming that film is what made it what it is. Like, a good example is, like, if they weren't in the wheelchair while they were doing it, he was either walking around just holding it by hand, or he had a little stand that he put the (laughs) camera on for still shots. And apparently it was so low, which is why, like, it looks like that prison scene, like, everyone's looming over the camera, because the stand only goes up, like, three or four feet. So it's why it looks like everybody's like so tall and so big. This movie is like this movie is so amazing. The more I learn about it, yeah, like like, that's also such a strange thing because that's like a stylist stylish thing that like Rodriguez does now. He just does that. Yeah, but (laughs) he didn't mean to. But it just worked. Like a lot of things in this movie are very much happy mistakes that just worked out for the best for him. Like I, I really don't think I would say there's any like really bad bad parts about this movie. Like I don't think there's like a mistake this movie makes yeah like that's the thing like even things that like are like wow that looks bad but like they did what they could with it like it's not like it was bad and it was never meant to be in it. it's like no that was meant to be in it we just didn't have the money to make it any- look anything yeah. else yeah like like a good example is a keyboarder keyboardist whoever like he he shot at 16 frames a second so it just looks off yeah yeah or like he said like he actually straight up says this in the commentary is that he the original script is only about 40 pages long <laughs> and so he needed to stretch it out as much as he could because in order for it to be a movie for Spanish TV, which is what this originally was supposed to be, yep. 
um, in order for it to be a movie on Spanish TV, it had to be at least 90 minutes long. So if there was a scene that he could shoot in slow motion and get away with it, he shot it in slow motion. <laughs> that's why there's slow motion. Yeah, that's exactly why there's slow motion. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And it explains why... <laughs> so one of the quote-unquote problems I have with this movie is the main character's dumb a lot. Oh, And there's yeah. like a scene where he's like, wait, I gotta get my money back. So it just goes out in broad daylight. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense that he would do that if he's trying to stretch it. Because like that scene doesn't actually matter. No, it doesn't even add anything to the movie. <laughs> no. Yeah, so that's It's just literally though. he needs yeah. it to be 90 minutes long. And this movie is 91 minutes long. I thought it was 81 minutes long. He said 90 minutes, but yeah, it is 80 yeah. minutes. Maybe he... So maybe that just... Maybe 90 minutes of commercials? Change. I don't know. Yeah, th- that would be like change three commercial breaks. Time. Yeah. It'd be way more than three. Commercial break every 10 to 7 minutes. Well, they would have nine minutes for commercials. <laughs> Again, I'm using American time because yeah. America uses three minute long but, commercial yeah, th- breaks. This but... is just what he said for the thing. Like maybe he met 80 minutes, but he said yeah. 90. We're, we're like psychoanalyzing yeah, how yeah. long this movie is. We're psychoanalyzing the wrong yeah. thing about this movie. Like, uh, like there's a lot of really weird time saving things or not uh, budget saving things that he did. Like uh, one good example that he did in like his little 10 minute film school that he did for it was there's technically only the one guitar case but they needed a heavier guitar case to hold the weapons in. But the problem with that guitar case is the top of it is just solid wood and it had no, and there was no paint on it. So instead of paying money for black spray paint to just spray paint the top of it, he just never showed the top of that case. He just showed the inside of it for when there was weapons in it. <laughs> but the thing about it, like the main guitar case that both of the mariachis carry, it's the same guitar case, by the way, <sighs> but it's a guitar case that's made out of cardboard. That I could tell that. Yeah. <gasps> Oh gosh, Which is why is it's amazing. like so flexible and everything, yeah. and like why oh he's able gosh. to grab it with his hand. And, yeah, I was gonna say it's a it. weird choice. That's why they never grab it with the handle because it would probably break immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's this entire production is just ingenious. Yeah, it's one of those. It's stupid but genius at the same time. Yeah, like like I when you were saying that they showed a film students, I was like, oh yeah, because like it's a small budget. Blah yeah. blah. I was like, no, this is so. Yeah, and like I said, it shows you how to cut every corner. Yeah, yeah. It really does. And if you listen to the director's commentary, he tells you how to cut every single corner. Which I guess like the old the last fun fact that I really have for this is like how he actually made the money to make this movie. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, actually. Uh it's crazier than you think, actually. He sold burritos out of his truck for three years. (laughs) (laughs) He actually did uh pharmaceutical testing for this. So for this movie, he went to a place that was doing pharmaceutical testing and like for the entire day, basically, they pay you 100 bucks. So he basically spent an entire month at a pharmaceutical testing place and let them like test all these different drugs on him. And wow. he lived. Yeah, and he lived and they paid him three thousand dollars so he can do this movie. Wow. And the fun thing about that is uh, the guy who plays uh, Marcuccio or Moco, as they call him throughout the entire movie, he met him there. seriously and he said that he had such a demeanor about him that he had such a bad guy look that he just needed to have him as his villain did he tell him that yeah that's what he (laughs) that's that's, so good yeah but uh during that month while he's getting pharmaceutical being paid a hundred dollars a day to get pharmaceutical testing done on him he also used that extra time to write the script for this movie (laughs) that is so amazing so yeah like i feel like this is one of those for the average person, this is not an essential movie at all. 
But if you're a film student on a very tight budget, this almost feels like an essential movie to watch to like teach you some tips and tricks on like how to cut budgets and everything. Go donate your blood for an entire month. Like <laughs> use that money. <laughs> it's something that Scorsese says all the time. Um he's like he says like I don't make movies because there's nothing else that I know how to do. I make movies because it's the only thing I want to do. Yeah. And if you want to do this, you can do it. And he like talks about like how he had literally nothing when he went into making his first films. He's like, if you want to do this, you'll find a way. You're not going to make excuses. You'll find a way to make this movie and do your thing. And like Rodriguez, yeah, he found a way. Oh yeah. He definitely found a way. Cause like I said, what you watch are on the film for this. Like he either borrowed already owned or he paid like he only paid about six hundred dollars for like and that was for the actual film for this movie. Right. The squibs, some condoms, <laughs> some fake blood, and I think some blanks. And that's like uh, and I like I said he uh, said an actress. He didn't say who the actress was. Just I feel an like actress. It, it probably is the main. Yeah, because she's actually like good. Yeah, I actually like. Worthy her. enough, I think she just was someone in town. I don't think like it wasn't her. Well, she's because that, that's what I thought too. Because like half like most of the actors in this. They're not real, like at the time, we're not actual actors. They're just people in town that just wanted to be part of the movie with him. But it worked and like they just did it around their free time. So, like, a lot of the side characters of this, they filmed in one day. And, like, I guess one good example is uh, there's uh, the newscasters of that town. I guess they're actually super critical about people filming movies in their town. <laughs> so, he put both of the, he put two of the newscasters in his movie so that way he would like make them happy and that way they wouldn't shit on his film if anything he got some advertisement for this movie because he put those newscasters in his film those newscasters by the way were the bartender and the (laughs) hotel clerk ha both of them are newscasters in real life that's great yeah that is and to make them happy he made it to where they were characters that would not be killed in the movie and just like you know hey like hey check it out i was in this film and i was one of the few people who didn't get killed (laughs) i mean they I, they're kind of vital characters too, at least. Yeah, yeah. That that's honestly the behind the scenes of this movie is incredible. Yeah, and that's mostly why I wanted to show it to you guys. Like to be honest, I thought you guys were going to give it a lower score until I started telling you well, all. We this haven't stuff. given our score. Let's not get that. It. Is true, but like <laughs> I like halfway. Like I tend to show you movies that you guys end up hating. So <laughs> you keep saying that. I like almost all the movies you've shown me. I liked Gattaca. I like Rashomon. <laughs> <laughs> you keep putting me in the same boat as Jiraiya. Your boat's so against me. <laughs> and each time, the worst I've done is say it's a bit above average. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'll try to stop putting you in the same realm as Jiraiya. Thank you. I didn't hate Gattaca. <laughs> the one movie. The one movie. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I find this movie fascinating because, like I said, for the budget that he had for this movie and like. Just the things he got away with. I don't feel like, I don't think if, if we wanted to make like a little low budget movie, I don't think we would be able to like go to a hospital and be like, hey, we're going to borrow this wheelchair from <laughs> right. you. No, no. We were just, like, we couldn't get a shopping cart to borrow. We go to like the sheriff's office like, hey, do you, like, can we just borrow your guns? Yeah. We'd probably be in jail for asking that. Right. <laughs> like, there's that. We probably going to get people to like just give their free time to like, hey, do you want to be an actor in a movie really quick? Yeah. Like, it's insane. This is such a. Such like a special scenario that yeah. he found himself in. It's, it's like incredible. It worked out perfectly for him in a weird way. And like I said, it was a six hundred dollars, and then apparently six or about six thousand five hundred or six thousand six hundred dollars or however much right. to like get it 
pup or get it um processed and get put on a 35 millimeter <laughs> which apparently the original negatives he also said were so beat up that he couldn't use it to make the uh dvd of this he had to actually use a 35 millimeter that they used for when they showed this movie in theaters also i guess a little thing i didn't write this down but i remember him saying that when he showed this movie in the sundance film festival it actually got audience choice award Oh, really? For it, yeah. And he beat out a bunch of movies that had a way bigger budget than he did. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, before we get into our final thoughts, what did it make in its theater run? It made about $2 million, actually. <laughs> Holy shit. So they made a big, like, they basically made the budget for, because, um, like, this movie pretty much had no advertising budget, too. Right. So, like, it basically made, a, like, almost $2 million into his pocket. And I think... If I remember correctly, Desperado cost $1.5 million to make. So he pretty much made the budget for the actual budget version of this movie. That, has, a, that has to be like one of the highest return rates for a movie, yeah, right? Yeah, that's insane. That, it, it, it's not the highest. It is very high, though. Me and Dry actually had a conversation about the highest return budget movie. What wasn't that one again? Uh, it was Paranormal Activities. Right, right. But let's uh, get on to our final thoughts here and our 0 to 10 score. Why don't you start us off? All right. Uh, as you can probably guess from how I've been talking about this movie, I do really like this movie. Mm-hmm. It has some. It has the charm of you when you are young and want to make some movies. Like I grew up at the age where everyone in high school is making dumb YouTube videos and stuff like that. So it really like captures that feeling for me. Right, right. And that that probably inflates my score a bit, but can you really blame me? Like. It's it really, your score, man. Yeah. I mean, that's what the whole score is, is how you personally feel about the film. Yeah. It just oozes charm. It's, it gets a little cliche, but it's his first movie, and again, it feels like a, like just a little home movie that ended up getting $2 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think ultimately, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Just talking about like the behind the scenes and what Rodriguez was able to pull off, that part is spectacular and amazing in Mm -hmm. every way basically but for me to feel okay i have to (laughs) score the movie by itself like if i didn't know any of that like beforehand going into this what did i think of this movie it is a middle of the road five like it doesn't do anything badly yeah that's fair but like it doesn't excel at anything because like it just doesn't have the budget for it right like for everything that it is i think it is in exactly middle of the road it is completely fine I think everything that this does, uh, interestingly, I think Desperado doubles down on that and does it much better. And I think that you get to see the payoff of all of this work in that film. I actually completely agree with you on that one. Yeah, for me, this is a five. For me, if it wasn't, if it didn't lay down the groundwork for Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, if it didn't have like the amazing backstory behind it, and if this wasn't like an essential movie for, for film students to watch of like how to make a movie with basically zero budget like it would be the same thing it'd probably be like a four or five out of ten for me yeah but because i know those things and because honestly it just it still has that robert rodriguez charm and he it's almost every single one of his movies just has like that grit and that charm to it like you said kind of like almost a diamond in the rough like there's still junk on top of it but it's still a diamond underneath in a weird way shiny but dirty yeah exactly and this one was a diamond buried deep like so it still looks like it's coal in a weird way because like if i didn't know any better i would think like this was meant to be like a direct-to-tv movie that they made on zero budget of like oh yeah like 
some guys just in a small town in Mexico decided to make a movie, whatever. Yeah. And not think about it. But like hearing the amazing backstory behind it and everything and it laying the groundwork for what for me ultimately made and made to be an amazing trilogy. I would say like this is at least I'm fighting between a six and a seven because <laughs> once again, too, like in my opinion, and I think dry can agree with me. This is the weakest movie out of the entire trilogy. Oh, yeah. But sure. a lot of it was like he said, like he wanted to make Desperado, but he had the budget for El Mariachi. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I would say I'll say six point five. I'll go right in the middle. OK. For that. OK. Because like I still like this movie. I liked it enough that I bought it. And this is probably like the fifth or sixth time I've watched it. Yeah. Awesome. This was actually really fun learning yeah. about this movie. Yeah. Also, I want to give a little note. You listening, if you want to create something, go do it. Yeah. I think that is really a big lesson you can learn from this movie. Like, speaking as myself, I was a self-taught artist. If you want to create something, you, are, you have the power to do it. Go create. Go be creative. If you have zero dollars, that's okay. You can record stuff on your phone if you have a phone. You can upload it to YouTube. Yeah. I mean, we live in an age where you can just do that. If you know what you're looking for, you can create what you want. It's just a matter of finding a way around your obstacles. Yeah. And sometimes working around those obstacles will actually make it better in the long run. Uh, I like with Rodriguez, it, it yeah. defined how his films looked forever, really. For, yeah. Well, not forever, for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for us on this one. Uh, e, Robbie, thank you. Of course. Yeah. Robbie, thank you for bringing this yeah. to us. Like I said, the main reason I wanted to bring this movie here is because I wanted to talk about like the budget and the story behind it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if you guys want to contact us, where can they do that, E? Uh, we are the last ones in on Facebook. We are the last ones in podcasts on Facebook. <laughs> Wait. On, <laughs> on Twitter. We have an email if you want to send us your student films for some reason. We won't do it on the podcast, but we'll watch them. That'd be cool. You can do it at the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you're protesting out there, do so safely, everybody. Uh, things are getting more and more violent. Keep your heads up. Keep fighting the good fight. It's yeah. It's extremely important. And I know a lot of times it feels like that it's uh, useless, but it isn't. People notice. That's why there's so much backlash, because it's making a difference. Yeah. But do that safely. Wear masks. Wear gloves. It is one thing that I remember. There are a lot of people saying this, too, is keep in mind, this isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah. Well said. And if you're not doing that, then fucking stay home. (laughs) (laughs) Stay alone. Stay alive, everybody. Have a great week. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Have a good one. Hasta pronto. I gotta look up his name. Um, Jariah. No, he's right right here. (laughs) I mean, if you want to cut that out, you can also cut out the fact that uh, apparently, like... uh, you know, the person my mom is with, my quote-unquote stepdad. Like, <laughs> everyone calls him Paul, but apparently, like, his full name is Pablo. But what? apparently, like, counting on who you ask, that's like a racist stereotype name for a Mexican is Pablo. So you he can't, doesn't... but it's his name. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's, that's just literally his name. But the only, everyone calls him Paul except for his mom calls him I feel like that's more racist to call him Paul. Yeah. Be like... like I'm not even going to acknowledge the fact that you have a Mexican name. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, You're going to be white now. I'm going to Caucasian the fuck out of your name. <laughs> that's, that's really dumb. He, he right-clicked when he meant to left-click.
All right. Zigged instead of zag. Evil Dead is the sequel Bruce to Campbell? Walking Dead, actually. No, not Bruce Campbell. Um, director. Oh, Robert Rodriguez? No, uh, Evil Dead. Oh, fuck. I can't think of his name. Campbell's Chunky Noodle Soup. Yeah, I just need the name. <laughs> you were wrong on everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, you're gonna even remark. We all know that Campbell's Chunky Soup is the real director of the Evil Dead movies. <laughs> like, whenever they people... Influence? People. Kind of, yeah. Inspiration? Like it, it starts with a C. Theft. Oh. <laughs> Keft. <laughs> we went in with nothing, and I think that we've grown, I don't know, halfway yeah. decent at this, I yeah. would say. <laughs> we started with one microphone, now we have three. <laughs> <laughs>